said, give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. everybody this is double g for the fight game podcast tonight john and i are going to talk connor versus khabib some wwe the may young classic new japan jeff cobb winning a match on new japan tv we're going to talk about all of it john what's going on going on man um okay so i want to start with the connor and khabib stuff uh, though, you know, UFC 229 is going to be such a huge show. Uh, there is uh, so much hype around it. And I heard today that Dana White now believes three to 3.5 million buys is what they're tracking at. Sounds kind of unbelievable to me. But being that it's like really the only big show of the year, uh, I, I guess you know if you if UFC fans haven't really been buying shows and you know they're finally excited about buying one. I mean, I can see it doing really well, but three point five million. What do you think about that number? Um, I wouldn't be shocked, but uh, I haven't really felt the vibe like at work or anything. Like none of the casual viewers are talking about the fight, so I don't know. But I still wouldn't be surprised the way things have been going lately with buy rates and stuff. So I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say 3.5, but I'm going to say, I'm saying it's going to hit a healthy two, 2.2. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. So, uh, the, you know, you said that you haven't, you haven't heard too much about it. Uh, we're, we'll do a segment at the very end of the show. So, so we, now we have two of America's favorite segments. We have what's John watching and then we're going to do a little kids update since for the last couple shows you've been talking about, you know, your young children and being a dad. And uh, I just I, I sort of realized uh, during the last show that we did that our kids are so different in age, <laughs> like just the, 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 the width of the, the length of their ages, like the difference is, is, is amazing. So we sort of have the spectrum covered on 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 kids and and and, and stuff that's going on from, you know, a few months old to 20 years old. So I, th- I think we'll have some good stories. But yeah, man. basically what I was going to say is there's a um, there is a a dance that my child, who's a high school senior, is, is thinking about going to. But we'll, we'll save that for the kids update. Let's just say that the kids, the, the how I'm sort of feeling about this show is that the kids... Uh, are very interested. Uh, I'm hearing a lot from that that young generation of like the, you know, the 18 to 25s. I think I think they're like pretty fired up for this thing. So, um, so yeah. So it'll, it'll be fun and uh, and uh, yeah. I, I don't know what I don't know what they're gonna they're gonna do as far as buy rate is concerned. Uh, but I just I just remember 
what that Mayweather McGregor buy buy rate ended up at. And it was, a, I think it was a, a lot higher than we had sort of figured. And Dana and, and then kept saying, you know, this is going to be higher than everyone thinks. And it was. So I, I wouldn't be surprised because it's, it's just that one, like, we haven't had that one fight this whole year. We thought it was going to be possibly Canelo and Golovkin. And that did a really good buy rate. It was, it was over a million buys. But it wasn't that must-see event and uh, and and I think this is the one for the year. So I think I think that number. Uh, I think it, it's possible. Um, so uh, what is your prediction? I, I I sort of know who you're taking, but uh, give me give me your guy and and how you think this fight plays out. Man, this was tough. I kept going back and forth on it. Um, I went with Connor. Simple fact that. I think, you know, Khabib has great cardio and he's a beast. I'm just thinking maybe, just maybe Connor can avoid some takedowns, can tire out Khabib and able to knock him out in a later round, like a third round or fourth round. So I'm going with that strategy. I just kept going with that. Though I, though I would love to see Khabib just maul him, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I really would like to see. But I just, I just, I'm just, I'm just going with Connor for now. He just—he always has a team to win, no matter how much he talks. Yeah. And, but you know, like, 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 you just don't know. Like, is he really in it? Is he just talking to make the money, and then that's it, or is he just want to, still want to prove himself as a fighter? You know, that's going to be all answered uh, this Saturday. I sensed similarly to you that it's possible Connor may not have taking the best care of himself since he's last fought. But uh, just watching him these last, it's really been this last week, how confident he's been. Um, and just talking about, you know, sort of the love of the game is back for him. And, and, you know, he really wants to do this and, you know, he wants to fight five more years. And I sense that he feels that he's in really good shape now. I was looking up and down, uh, up and down his list of of, uh, of wins, and you know, as we know, Khabib undefeated. Um, you know, he's been in the UFC since 2012, and um, you know, we're talking. I think I think he's 10 to 0 in the UFC. And similarly, uh, Connors uh, Connors had let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's he's also had ten fights. In the UFC, the only one he has lost is the Nate is the Nate Diaz fight. So they've sort of been uh, Khabib beat Connor to the UFC by about a year, but they've sort of been around the same time. Um, and looking at Connor's list of wins, uh, I think Khabib's the best guy that he's ever fought. And and the other side around, Connor is also definitely the best guy Khabib has fought. So this is one of those rare situations where. Um, in, in you know, and this happens in the UFC because of the way that they book, which is generally like you know, top guy versus top guy. Um, this is like really like you know, two guys at the apex of their careers, which I think makes this fight really special. Now, I think my only worry with Connor, I, I desperately want to pick Connor. I desperately want to see Connor win. I just think Connor winning fights for the UFC is great for them. The the one worry is is what I, kind of what I said like did Connor take care of himself is is he still a, a tip top 
athlete is he in that shape and and you know we I, I sort of saw this in boxing now I don't know exactly what kind of partying Connor is doing you know I can imagine what kind of partying he's doing but um, you know I can look back to uh, boxing in the 80s and and you know we have a podcast on on this network doing and myself called uh, the Fabulous Four, and in the Fabulous Four, we looked at all the fights. We we still have one fight left to to, to do, but we looked at all the fights between Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns, Roberto Durant, and you know we we're basically reading all texts about every guy. Uh, there's there's a great book called The Four Kings that was kind of like our our manual for this podcast, and one of the things that was pretty prevalent. In, in in all the stories of the guys is that you know once they gained a certain amount of fame um the partying aspect of their lifestyle definitely was in was full blown and affected you know just about every guy now you know who knows what as far as drugs or alcohol or, or women or whatever whatever was their vice but it was definitely you know you talk about someone like Sugar Ray Leonard and he's actually admitted cocaine use and you think about Sugar Ray Leonard, 1980, early 80s version Sugar Ray Leonard, he gets an injury in the, 80, you know, in, the, in the mid-80s, can't really fight anymore. In 87, he comes back and he beats Marvin Hagler. But the other part of that is, you know, there was just a lot of partying going on. And so you don't know how much of that led to uh, his demise, not really demise. I mean, some, it was mostly injury, but you know, how great could he have been if he stayed clean and we'll never know. Cause he, he was great, but it just, this is the whole story of, of that era was, uh, guys who were great, uh, probably could have been greater, but because of, of that era being the cocaine era, like it really, it really, um, halted some of their careers. And, and look, I, who knows what, what Connor's doing, but it's sort of what I think about when I think of someone who just became so famous so soon and who is, uh, you know, he, he is, he is the top draw in all of boxing and MMA right now. Like there's nobody in boxing who's close to him as a draw. There's nobody in MMA who's close to him as a draw. We're talking about like Brock Lesnar too, right? Like Brock Lesnar definitely comes in, in behind Conor McGregor. So, that's my worry with him. Now, my worry with Khabib is really like that the stage. He's, you know, he's never been on this stage before. You can sort of see it in the build up and in the hype. He's not comfortable. Obviously, Connor's very comfortable. This is this is more Connor's stage than than Khabib's stage. Obviously, there's a lang- slight language barrier. Uh you could, but you could tell he's just not comfortable um even today at the press conference. Uh, you know, Connor was playing his mind games again. He came in late. Khabib, you know, told Dana if they didn't start on time, he was going to cut out, and he cut out anyways. Is that a toughness? Is that a discipline? Or is that Connor getting to him and playing mind games? Like I would, I would think that it's the latter. And so that's the only thing that worries me about Khabib is, you know, is he ready for this stage, a stage that he's never been on, and by the way that he is that I've seen him act, I kind of wonder if he is. So if both have their faults, as far as I see them, uh, what, what, what happens in, 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 when they get in the cage? And, um, I think I'm, I, I, I would, you you're picking Connor. 
in a close fight. I think I'm going the other way around, but it's one of those things where I'm like, I hope I'm wrong. Because if I'm wrong, then, you know, all the best for the UFC, for the sport, for Connor. Um, Khabib wins, then who knows what happens to Connor? Um, so that's just kind of the, the, that's my, my thoughts. And, and I actually think the, uh, the long game works better for Khabib, though, if Connor's striking game is on point, um, I could see him winning, f- you know, semi early. I could definitely see, you know, see him, uh, just really outclass Khabib, but uh, but I'm sort of thinking about this uh, kind of like the first Nate fight. You remember that Nate fight where, you know, Connor comes in kind of jacked and then he just tires out so quickly because he's got to he's got to be on the ground. And if, if Khabib can get him there, I could see something similar happening. Yeah, no, that just that definitely makes, makes the fight interesting. It's not just a big to do big overhyped. It's it's not only just great height but also two really really good fighters so that's what probably why it's, maybe that's why Dana's wife is seeing the how the the trend's going and they think it's going to be 3.5 million buys and I wouldn't be shocked if that happens though and I think I don't know I just worry like you know like you're saying about the big stage with be I wonder if, he's a, if the mind games are really working does he come in too tight too wound up where he kind of blows his gas early on because he's trying to rush to get Connor and Connor's able to defend a little bit, and you know, this is this could be a lot of factors into this fight, mm-hmm. and this makes it this is what makes it such a classic. So, um, unfortunately, I'm not gonna watch it live. It's my wife's birthday; she turns 32, and so I'm a little upset with the UFC for booking this fight <laughs> on that day. They should have definitely <laughs> checked with me. Yeah, matchmakers at the uh, well, you know, ever since Joe Silva, you know, left. The dates have been all screwed up. <laughs> I know you guys are you guys were kind of in sync on your stuff, even without even talking. Yeah, I know what the heck. But, <laughs> uh, but I'm looking. I'll be keeping a close eye somehow, some way. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, this is going to be pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. I think when it's all said and done after it's over, I bet you anything then that the people at work will start chirping. I think a lot of people will do the last minute buy. I think a lot of people will be, you know, they might not be into it right now or they're into it. They're, they're kind of following it. And all of a sudden, boom, Saturday comes. They're like, yeah, you know, what's going on? Let's all get together. Let's watch this fight. What do you think about Ferguson and Pettis? Because, I mean, it's a really good second, you know, semi-main, second from the bottom. Um, and... It's, you know, Ferguson, I think, was kind of booked for this car just in case something happened to Connor and he just decided to not fight, right? Like, that's why you have Ferguson waiting in the wings there. Uh, and he's fighting Pettis, who, who I mean, Pettis actually looked really good in his last fight against uh, Michael Chiesa. But the, the problem with Pettis is he's been so up and down lately. It's like win a fight, lose a fight, win a fight, lose a fight. Uh, and, and for, but, you know, for Ferguson, he's coming off of a really bad injury and probably coming back sooner than, than people had thought. Um, so this is also a, a, an intriguing one and it's, it's a fight that, uh, you know, if Ferguson is not 100%, uh, Pettis is a guy who could make him look a little bad and, and I'm worried about that, but I'm, I'm thinking that Ferguson is, is going to be in really good shape here and, and, and ready and, and probably he's, he's probably a little bit 
uh, I don't even want to say he's more talented because Pettis is really talented, but he just has a certain style and a certain attitude and, and just the way he fights that someone like Pettis, I, I could see him making a really hard night for Pettis. Yeah, Ferguson's a warrior. I mean, I, even if he was over 100%, I, that guy's still going to give his all, you know. Uh, Pettis, is, like he says, been up and down. Um, I picked against him last last time. Of course, he won. <laughs> but I'm so I know I thought about that too when I was picking, but I got to go with Ferguson. I think he's going to be chomping at the bit to get in there. And he's a really smart fighter. A lot of people kind of don't really give him credit for that, but I think he's, he's pretty smart in that cage. So I went with Ferguson. Uh, and um, the rest of the card, I mean, you know, Ovin St. Prue and Dominic Reyes, Derek Lewis, Alexander Volkov, and uh, Michelle Watterson and Felice Herrig, which. I'm thinking could could be a nice little uh, showcase for Watterson there, but um, good card, you know, two really good matches, and I think people are going to be pumped up. And and you know, if you are you know away and and all of a sudden you know it, it it's about you know nine o'clock and and you're you guys are at dinner and your wife's like, oh, you know let's have some dessert and you're like yeah let's have some dessert you order it i I gotta go to the restroom real quick and then you go to fightgameblog.com and you check out the play-by-play and you could see all the action that's going on that's where i would be i would definitely be checking my phone because uh make sure the time is correct uh make sure the weather is nice also uh, make sure the uh I'm following fightgameblog.com <laughs> for uh, the update. Uh, yeah, so it'll be it'll be fun. We're gonna miss you uh, at the at the house, but um, but uh, you guys will uh, have a have a great dinner and happy birthday to your wife. And uh, man, she's she's young. You're, you you definitely robbed the cradle there, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, she's, she's definitely younger, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I didn't really want to talk too much about this because I talked about it a lot with uh, Big Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio. But the Bellator show that I went to, did you by chance get to see any of this or at least any of the highlights? Not a, I didn't actually see – I just saw results really. I, I didn't get a chance to see any highlights actually. Man, yeah, and you're the- like the biggest Bellator fan I ever knew. I was, I was, but not anymore. So for those who, uh, who may have stayed away from Bellator because, I mean, it was on DAZN, right? It wasn't even on TV. If it was on TV, I'm sure you would have recorded it and watched it. But, um, you know, it's funny that it was free on DAZN, which I didn't know. Yeah. I thought it was, yeah, you get a free, you get a free month. I thought it was, hey, so I didn't. I I looked at it, I saw the result and I found out it was free. I was like, man, I probably would get it. Could have tuned in, but oh well. So I, I think the you know the, the one of the main things about the show is when you when you think about Bellator, you think of them as like you know they're they're definitely in second place. They do some things differently than the UFC. You know they do these Grand Prix tournaments that are really fun. Uh, they have you know they have some international guys that uh, that are in are pretty interesting, um, and. They have Aaron Pico. And like when you watch Bellator, you're looking for 
okay, who could draw eyeballs? You know, they got they got Rampage and Chael and Vanderlei and and uh, you know all those guys, um, and the one thing that you know you you can use those older guys to draw in eyeballs so that they can see these younger guys and if people did watch and i don't know what the zone numbers were they were able to see someone like aaron pico and aaron pico reminds me and this is a this is kind of a weird sort of uh a, a weird sort of uh analogy here or comparison because their styles are different but he reminds me kind of like of when ronda rousey came on uh, on board now, mm. Ronda didn't lose her first her first fight like Aaron did, and I think that's kind of like a, a little bit of a black eye for him in that he lost that first fight. Um, but the way that he has ended, I think maybe it's been three fights or at least two fights since uh, since since he lost. He has come in and just dominated, right? And and when you think about someone who's come in and just dominated. And all of a sudden became must-see TV. That's Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey came in and was just like, you're just like, oh, my God. Like, who's this whirlwind? Who's this tornado uh, who's coming in and, and just wiping people out? So I, I don't know, you know, what kind of competition Pico's going to have. You know, he's already talked about uh, taking on uh, Pitbull. And, and you know, maybe maybe that is maybe the fight in like two or three fights for him. But, you know, for for as long as he's here on this stage, uh, he's become must-see for me. And that's after, you know, I, I've watched a couple of his fights on TV and then watching him live, you know, pretty close to the cage. That was ridiculous. It was it was like the sort of I, it was boxing in a cage that I've never really seen before because most boxers uh, and I'm thinking of guys who have really good boxing skill. Like um, you think of like a Frankie Edgar, um, who has conventional boxing skill. They don't really take the same chances that Pico did. And maybe when he jumps up in competition, he can't take those same chances. Like he's throwing like these like these uppercuts where he's just digging in so deep. And I know that most MMA fighters would be like, I cannot dig in that deep because if I throw that punch and miss, like I'm on my back and I'm going to be taken down. But Pico. I think doesn't think that he'll be taken down in that same situation that he'll be able to recover and stuff the takedown. So, but it's, 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 it's pretty compelling stuff when he's in there. Um, you know, the guy that he fought, uh, Leandro Higo, like pretty legitimate guy. And he just made him look like very amateur. So, um, he probably can't do that to everybody as he's stepping up in, in, uh, in competition, but, if you get the chance, like I think he's he's going to be one of those like must see guys, um, and you know in in the sport today, like you even think about the guys in the UFC, you know you got Connor, um, you got Khabib to an extent. I think Khabib can have some boring fights too, uh, but there's very few guys who you go, you know what, this guy's fighting, and I need to find a way to watch this no matter what. You know, it's it's Cormier maybe, it's John Jones possibly. Uh, but you know, Pico's, I think he's going to be on that list, especially if you like watching guys on the rise and to be able to say, 
I saw this guy when he was, you know, four fights in or, or whatever. And I saw this guy when he was very early in his career. And then you sort of watch him grow. Like, that's what I really love uh, about combat sports and boxing and MMA is just watching like this guy and going, you know, I, I saw that coming. And, you know, you sort of see, you know, that's what that's so that's why I sort of compared him to Ronda, because we saw her coming and we were like, OK, I now have to watch every single one of her fights on her on her rise up. So just just wanted to throw that out there. Um, you know, they, they have that. Go, go ahead. I was just curious to how they're going to market him, because how many people are really going to order to zone? I mean, how how are they going to get Aaron Pico, this great athlete, this great fighter, this future star, but how could they market him to where you're getting this buzz around him beyond the hard course? You know, I, yeah. I just don't see it. I don't see Bellator being that stage. I think Pico's been fighting frequently. I don't know how long his contract is, but some something tells me he wants to fight as much as possible to get out of that contract to go to UFC in my opinion, you know, he's already taken bigger steps that, I mean, I, I can't see him becoming a star at Bellator UFC. Yes. I can see him being a star, but he needs to definitely get out of Bellator. I know they're grooming him and they want to build around him, but like, how can you do it? You know, like unless you put him on like shows with these older stars to get eyes on him, but they have to be on Paramount, right? It has to be on a network, not, the zone where only the hardcores are buying. So I, I think you're right. And I think what I would do next is I'm, I'm not exactly sure who the main draw is on Bellator. Maybe it's Fedor, um, that he might still do the, their biggest, uh, casual fan rating. Um, but I'm sort of thinking like, let's say, let let's say you have uh, I don't know whatever maybe it's the heavyweight Grand Prix or something that you're gonna have on Paramount. I think Pico's got to be on that show, and he's got to have a big match, and you have to promote this thing as him hard on the semi main, and it's got to be on Paramount because, like you said, DAZN is a, is a, is a smaller audience, and maybe they can bring that that uh, audience number back up to you know million or or over or whatever whatever their their usual you know high good good solid number is but you know the thing that also kind of limits them is with ESPN and UFC uh partnering up starting in January you're not going to see any Bellator highlights on ESPN that's on <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's in, for Aaron Pico to become a superstar that he wants to be, he's going to have to fight out his contract as fast as possible in, in South EFC. Um, it's just, it just, they're just, I mean, I know he's getting probably paid. You know, Bellator's probably overpaying a lot lately for guys. They're trying to be competitive, but, but he needs to get out. I'm just curious to know how long his contract is, but, you know, I'm sure he signed a, Decent contract for, I mean, I mean, how many like the, how many fighters normally guys sign? But like, well, haven't they been paying yeah. him since even before he turned pro? Yeah, because I remember there. I remember when I was still hard, hardcore watching <laughs> Bellator. They were promoting him before he even debuted. You know, promoting his Olympics 
going to Olympics and all that stuff. So, I mean, I, I, I like him. I'm into him. Um, I definitely, he is my CT for me too. Um, but uh, I, just, I just wonder how, what's, what's the limit here in Bellator, you know? Mm-hmm. I think he, he, he needs to go, he needs to go to UFC soon. But I think a good test would be Pitbull. I mean, they're thrown to the wolves, but he, he what's kind of cool about Pico, I think it looks it excites me and excites a lot of people, the Harvard fans, like he wants those kind of fights mm-hmm. already at such a young age. And we, we all think it's crazy. Like, why are you doing that? Why don't you groom him slowly? But it's something that you kind of get to admire a kid, especially a young kid that wants to do that. So, I mean, makes it just makes it a little more exciting. So, um, I think they'll definitely sign that. And I think you're right. It's a good fight to put semi main to a fader versus a mystery owner, whatever they got coming up, you know, the next big, big fight. Uh, the interview that big Dave did with Pico that I produced, Pico was like, he was like, I know this may sound like, you know, a little, a little braggadocious or I don't exactly remember the words he said, but he's like, I think I could, be the champion right now. And I was just like, wow, this guy, this guy has some confidence. I like it. Um, and then, you know, and then I was like, um, so we were at, uh, gosh, where did we go? So, so I, and this is the, this is just part of the story. It's not even like sort of like a weird brag or anything, but, um, I was with uh, Big Dave talking to, and and the reason I'm saying this is because Big Dave already sort of talked about this, but uh, we met up with uh, Mauro Ranallo and uh, Frank Shamrock, and Frank was like, you know, Frank was telling us all the reasons why Pico could lose this fight, and it all of it was like, yeah, that like makes so much sense, and then when they got in the cage, it was like, whatever had made sense just didn't make sense anymore because Pico was a different animal. So that was actually, uh, that was actually kind of cool to see that happen in the cage. Uh, I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty, it was one of the most impressive performances, uh, I've seen live from, uh, the perspective of like a young guy who like, you know, it was like Tiger Woods-esque in a sense, right? Like this young guy, and he comes and he dominates the field of these veterans. Like, that's what it reminded me of. Tiger Woods, Ronda Rousey, I think Big Dave said Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's very similar too, but probably because they throw those same uppercuts. But uh, but yeah, so it, it was it was something. Now, you know, the, the, the thing about it is if he fulfills that destiny, he's got to be great. And in order to be great in a sport like this, where one thing can go wrong and 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 your career can go sideways, really tough. But I, I'm I mean I'm in for the ride for as long as he's going. I'm in. I was I was that impressed. Um. Okay. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some some New Japan who, who uh, they had a show in Long Beach, uh, where. Um, the last show that they did in Long Beach was at the same spot and sold out the arena in like less than a day. And this time they're back at the same spot. Um, you know, I don't know, it was five months later or whatever it was and they didn't even have a full house. So kind of in uh, kind of interesting to see that happen. Uh, I, you know, I think when, when we had first gone to that, uh, that first show that those first two shows, it felt so hot for the hardcores that you know and that build that first building was really small but uh but it just seemed like you know this is this is a nice this is a nice spot for them but they went it seems like now you know they went back 
one too many times and too soon, and maybe they've kind of uh, deflated the area a little bit. But like the show was freaking great. <laughs> like like every match was. I don't I don't think there was a match that I thought was necessarily less than you know even good. I think I thought everything was was just so solid. Uh, what what did you think about the show overall? The show was really good. I mean, the crowd that was there, that was like what, three, a little over 3,000 people. was like, it was very hot, hotter than the 5,000 people that were there the show before that, Long Beach at the Pyramid. So, but I thought every match was really good. I, I, I mean, I, I think it's definitely far superior than the show before it. Yeah. Um, at the Pyramid. Um, I really liked probably my favorite match, and you're going to be shocked when I say this, was probably the Young Bucks versus Girls of <laughs> Destiny, honestly. I really, really liked that match because it actually had a good story. Um, I, you know, I would have cut out the table spot that wasn't needed. I think, uh, I think, I think uh, Matt Jackson probably wanted to cut out that table spot too if he would do yeah, it all yeah. over I heard again. Yeah, he really, heard his uh, art became reality. He got hurt on that one, um, but it just, it just wasn't needed. Um, I think he could have done something different and a little more safe, but. Uh, uh, that was a little too big, and then you're coming back doing moves. I thought like it would have been good if that like led into the finish when they did that table spot, mm-hmm. like right away, soon after that. Like it was Nick Jackson by himself, and he finally got caught, and then that's the story you tell. But it was a really, really, really good match all overall. You know, minus that, my, my, minus my nitpicking of that spot. I thought the match was really good. Uh, the main event tag match is also really good. Um, Cody and Juice was solid. Um, Jeff Cobb and the six man tag earlier in the show. That Matt, that was a hot little six man tag. Okay, so so um, let's yeah, talk, let's talk about Cobb a little bit because I feel like we all have this vested interest in Cobb. Um, you know, because you know, you you we talked about it, and, and when we interviewed Cobb a couple weeks ago, you know, we talked about your friendship and your relationship. Um, but just those of us who are in the Bay Area and who have seen him over the years. We're vested in watching him deliver. And when I saw, actually, I heard, when I heard Jim Ross putting him over like a million bucks, like it just made me smile. Like I was like, wow, you know, Jim Ross is so good at doing this. You know, Mm -hmm. Jim Ross is still like probably the best announcer when it comes to getting guys over. And and that was just amazing to hear him have so many great things to say, so many great things about Cobb. And then not only that, but you know, Cobb doesn't hear Jim Ross doing the announcing, but he's got to basically prove it while Jim Ross is getting him over that he is the goods. And he didn't miss a step; like he was, he was so good in that match. And he gets the win. Um, he hits uh, the Tour of Islands on Chucky e. T. Uh, and then they're teasing the, the Goto match, which is going to... I guess it's going to happen at the at the convention or whatever in Anaheim in November. That's At least that's what I saw yesterday. Yeah, the Lionsgate show in um, yeah November. So it's, it's interesting. I thought it was going to happen on a, on a main card. Or I thought, actually, when I first saw it, I... I I thought it was going to happen in ROH, mm-hmm. you know. Cobb's Cop, uh, promo, Cobb's promo made it sound like it was going to happen in ROH. 
Yeah, yeah, because you know, Jeff Cobb is now the ROH television champion. Last time they met for the Never title, when Goto had that belt, Goto beat him at the Cow Palace. So I thought, you know, ROH would bring Goto in to put over Jeff. But, uh, um, I, yeah, that, that's, you know, they're, they're doing these Lion Gate show with the local talent that they have, which I know a couple guys on that in that dojo, and they're some good blue chip kids. You know Carl Fredericks and Buddy Royal, and and um, I'm sure they'll be on those shows. So that's 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 pretty exciting. Look forward to watching that. Uh, but yeah, Jeff looked good. Jeff looked like a million bucks, and uh, he was uh, he was given his opportunity to shine out there, and he and uh, he he came through. He hit a home run. Um, the uh, what did you think of Jeff actually coming out with the ROH title, being that? He technically hasn't won it on TV yet for ROH. I was like, "How are they gonna?" Yeah. Like that. That was pretty interesting to me. Um, I, I, uh, I mean, it just shows the difference in wrestling today versus you know, fifteen years yeah. ago or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it was funny. I, I, I thought about that too, but then that's just an old school kind of thinking. Now it's like with the internet, everyone kind of knows it already happened, so it's good that they don't like. They don't insult our intelligence, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so the only thing, you know, the only other thing I want to say about the main event is, Okada, you know, I realized watching the match that Okada and Omega, them just touching is like Hogan and Warrior, but it's like every time they wrestle now, <laughs> it's like... They, they like because they built to the touch, like to them even touching, like forever. Mm-hmm. And like the maybe one of the biggest pops of the night was when they finally faced off, and then something broke down, and and they both got you know the, then they didn't even get to touch. But when they touch, it was like oh wow, this is something special. And it's like you know I just saw them have like a super great match like not too long ago, so it's not like I haven't seen them wrestle in a while. But it just seems so special now the way that they that they do it to where, you know, Okada even even though Omega is the champ, there's still something about Okada that is so special that it's almost like Omega has to prove himself like every time, even though he's the champ, because in those fans' eyes, like Okada is like the god of wrestling. So I just love that dynamic. I love the way that they build to anything involving the two. Um, they're so good together. And uh, all all that match did was make me go like, even though I've seen like three hours worth of matches between them, I can't wait to see him again. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the legendary rivalries, right? And it's the modern day Steve Flair, Masala Kabashi. Um, Frisco Dory Funk. So I mean, they they built up their their rivalry, legendary thing, and and that you know I knew exactly how that match was going to go. Um, definitely build up to the big confrontation between them too, and, and and they did it perfectly. And they're smart, you know, they're smart, and they came through with the the classic match that you know def, definitely succeeded over the last show's main event between. The Golden Lovers, Young Bucks, which I thought was grossly overrated. That was, I thought it was <laughs> just, I don't know. I was just like, I did not like that match at all. But this one I liked a lot. I thought that was pretty fantastic. So how much of your uh, of your Observer have you read so far? 
got past the indie part. I guess the the other news. So so you you saw the part in 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 the New Japan section, and I, and I'll read it for for folks. Uh, basically, Dave writes, there's a new regime in charge, not just Harold Mage as a new president, but also others that he's put in key positions. The new people in charge, for the most part, don't have any background in wrestling. So there are things like uh, something said in etiquette that are different. They've replaced popular longtime officials that the wrestlers trusted and respected. The question a lot of wrestlers are asking is why a company that was on such a major business upswing has gutted the business team in charge during the upswing. Obviously, the idea is to expand the business outside of Japan, but there is concern. So when I read that, I was, I, I sort of uh, was wondering, you know, from your perspective, being that you've been inside, you know, APW locker rooms before, and 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 not while not, you know, those guys aren't tied to APW the way that New Japan guys are tied to New Japan, um, you know, you. There's a certain thing about how uh, the locker room in general sees the way business is going and and whether they trust Mm -hmm. who's in charge or whether they sort of wonder, you know, what's the direction. And uh, what did you think about when you read that piece in The Observer? Uh, It was kind of eye-opening, but, uh, you know, they need to make strides, not just locally in Japan. They're trying to make this thing a global promotion. And sometimes you need people in place that can take it to that level. And sometimes it's not a wrestling person. Sometimes it's more of a person that can go out and talk to an executive or a certain sponsor they need to reach a different audience to bring people in. Um, it is scary because the unknown, I mean, it's just, it's just like right now, like why the company I work for acquired another business. Mm-hmm. Um, and those people are probably like wondering what's going on. Like this stuff, new company. And then there's all the different changes are going to be happening, but it's still going to be the same business. You know what I mean? So like, I think, I think as long as when it comes to the wrestling part is still taken care of with Gato. And that seems like that's not going to change. Yeah. Um, I think the wrestling side is going to be fine. You're going to get your high standard wrestling that people love from New Japan. It's just, it's just you're going to see, you're going to see. They got to trust the system right now. Trust these guys, and as long as those guys don't start creeping into the wrestling part of it, that's when you got trouble. And I don't know, man. That's happening. That's why people are concerned. Mm-hmm. But, but I think they should. They should be excited because growth is good, right? Growth is healthy, and they don't want to be stagnant. They want, you know. So, yeah, I think they should just trust it. In my opinion, yeah. So, so that's uh, that's super interesting uh, thought. And my, I guess the thing that I wondered was, so you know that you have these contracts coming up of these of, of some of mm-hmm. your bigger. American stars and um and I guess Kenny you know Kenny's from Canada but he's also very indoctrinated in 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 Japanese culture so I think you know they almost see him as one of them in a sense but you have these guys who are coming up for um their contracts are coming up and Harold is brought in specifically because they think that you know he he has some business savvy when it comes to you know not just promoting 
the wrestling, you know, because that's not really his what his cup of tea is, but just, you know, being able to take it to the next level, being able to take a company from one place and making it even bigger. And then also with the idea of expanding more in the U.S. But you have these guys who are who, you know, who are coming up on contract, who are your your big U.S. guys. And so I think it's it's interesting with the timing being that, you know, you, you read that in The Observer and then you think about, you know, the guys who are coming up for contract renewal and it's like, if those guys don't re-sign with New Japan, then what the hell do mm-hmm. they do as far as the, the U.S. expansion? Well, I'm going to have to take a little step back a little bit because without Kenny, I, my guess is Kenny's going to be around another year, at least 2020. Um, but you know, guys like Cody and young bucks, who knows, but you know, they're definitely crucial to that. So maybe you take a step back. Maybe you don't, you know, maybe you be a little more selective of where you run, how many times you run that year instead of going back to California, like multiple times, you know, which I think this definitely hurt this last show, but then also the other factors too, being close to all in and, and that, and, and that stuff too, which you talked about in the past, but I, they're just going to take a step back, but they'll survive and they'll be, they'll be fine. Um, I think it's a positive that these new management teams in here, and they're also looking for bigger money to go for, because then they can offer big money to these guys, to keep Cody to keep the young bucks. And then it's only good for the talent. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to be getting higher contracts and maybe longer contracts. Maybe they'll be able to lock these guys up longer. instead of just doing the old traditional, man, that's going to go away. Cause usually in Japan, it works. It's like a year contract, right? Mm-hmm. The year contract comes up and they kind of renew it. And there's usually never really fear that the guys won't leave because usually in Japan, it's like they're pretty loyal to the brand, to the promotion, but uh, maybe now they can offer two or three year deals and lock these guys for a little bit longer. If they had the money to make them do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so interesting time. Um, now, I guess last last thing about, about this is, let's say that they have to do a more Japanese uh, version of the U.S. expansion and that the guys that they're using, you know, for some of these top matches are not necessarily there. Could they do a more... Uh, sort of, I guess you know, New Japan centric, uh, in Japan style. Could they bring that version of their show to the U.S. and and expand that way? Is that possible, or do you think that that you know having those U.S. guys is really the key? Um, I think I don't think they're necessarily the key. I think sometimes a lot of people that I hear they kind of want the new Japan feel. They want to see, you know, they could say they're not going to, they can't go to Japan and watch the show. So coming here, they want to see an authentic new Japan show. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. as we've noticed, while these shows have become very Americanized, right? Yeah. Um, just for example, cow palace with Cody and Omega, it's like a ladder match with tables. And it's like, we can see that every WWE pay-per-view, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it didn't even feel like, that's the first IWGP heavyweight championship match I've ever seen in my life. And I've been following it since I was in high school. And it's just a typical ladder, you know, tables match that, you know, didn't, didn't really feel like a 
a title match, in my opinion. So I think if he promoted like this on that, I think it still will draw. Because you still got Tanahashi, you still got Akata, you still got Naito. Now you can lose those guys if, say, WWE comes in and offers big money to Naito or Okada. You know, Tanahashi, yeah, I just don't see him going anywhere. He's just older. But I can see him making a big play for Okada, making a big play for Naito. If you lose those guys, holy shit, you know, that's a, that's a big, that's a, that's a, that's a big game changer. I mean, New Japan won't go out of business or anything, but it'll take them time to build up their young guys again and put new guys in new positions. So, but I don't see that happening. I don't see it. Then again, I never thought Shinsuke Nakamura would be leaving <laughs> to go to WWE. And I found Naito and, and Okada and them seeing what New Japan, WWE's done with Nakamura. I probably wouldn't want to really go unless yeah. the money's like ridiculous. And I think Okada's already had a taste of the U.S. of what happens when a Japanese guy goes to the U.S. You know, I, I don't think that experience really, really left a good taste in his mouth. So I think New Japan's definitely taking care of those guys, and and, and they'll be fine. They'll be fine. And, and the, there was another nugget in the Observer where David mentioned that one of the teams. Or the, one of the wrestlers or something was was asking about going to to uh, Impact and and saying you know the, the new regime or whatever and they were like nope <laughs> just you know because of what they've done in the past to to our guys like nope you're not going <laughs> that was funny um, all right so uh, so we will talk about the uh, the main event for Kings Kings of Pro Wrestling which uh, I think it's going to be like. Sunday night, Monday morning, uh, so I'll probably be able to watch it sometime Monday. But when we when we do our show next week, we'll we'll be able to talk about that card and and you know how many ever matches we we get to watch of that. But um, at least at the very least, I I'm looking forward to the junior ta- or the junior uh, the juniors match for the title, and then uh, and then obviously the main event, which you know back to Cody and and Kenny is sort of a more Americanized match, being it's a three way, uh, Cody and Kenny again. Uh, I, I sort of understand why, why Cody's in there, you know, someone's got to get beat and then, you know, you, you kind of want to save Omega and Ibushi for a bigger show with a, with a longer, you know, time to promote it. So I get it. Uh, I think it'll be pretty good, but it's not your sort of conventional uh, main event. No, well, I was kind of shocked when I saw that. And, uh, I mean, I know they're going to go out have a good match they're gonna go it's three ways so there's gonna be a little fa- it's gonna be faster paced a little more action i mean there's always action in the Kenny mega match and the Bushi match but like this, this is gonna be really really fast paced and but like again like it doesn't feel like <laughs> it doesn't feel like a, an iwgp title match to me you know and, and we, uh, we kind of talked about this. We kind of talked about this last week. I think it was last week. might have been the week before where I asked you, you know, how you thought Omega was doing and, and does it feel like he's the champ and, and, and that stuff. And, you know, some of this is, is the booking and they're, they're mm-hmm. also now booking for two territories, you know, a, you know, a U.S. and, and, and J- Japan. And you can tell because of, you know, they, they really, really, really want to make sure that their storylines count that they can't actually promote matches that haven't been able to be uh, built yet because 
their their shows aren't spaced out in a specific way that allows them to do so sometimes. Well, it's kind of stupid though. It's kind of bullshit. Like for example, this like this this main event really should be Kenny versus Ubushi, right? And they could have promoted that from the get. Like they could have just said there's a there's a tag match in Long Beach that they're teaming together, but they're still going to be you know fighting each other within a week, right? But there's some weird thing with Kenny Omega and Ibushi they wanted to have at the biggest. I mean, I, I get it. They want the biggest attendance. They want to, to maximize their money for that show. They feel like they have that. That match is special enough to headline a huge, a huge car. That's why I think. In, that's why I think coming in 2020, I think that's going to be the the Tokyo Dome main event. It's going to be Kenny Omega and Ibushi. I have a feeling that that's what, that's what it's going to be, but um, I just think it's I just think it's interesting. Let's do like Omega's interviews. I'm like, that, that was interesting reading that. That I, I really don't follow the interviews, the post match stuff. I kind of wait to to get Dave's clips of it, you know. And it's interesting how like what he was saying about stuff, like about like you know they they're gonna. They're not gonna. They have a pact, and they're not gonna wrestle on a show that's you know unless it's a big unless it's a big arena than the rest of their match. And it's, they're so you know I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Like how did Japan just book that match? Is they you don't like it or well, but I don't mm-hmm. know. But uh, it, it's 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 interesting. I do like the build of how Omega and Tanahashi are like the two different philosophies built up to the Tokyo match. I do like that, but that's thought that was interesting. You know, talking about Cody being thrown in, it's not a traditional match, but they're going to have a good match. It's just weird. It's just very weird to me. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, what about what about the explanation, which is Cody, you know, Cody sort of saved us from having to fight each other or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. Definitely interesting. Yeah, I, I don't feel like there's any heat or any, like, it doesn't feel like this, like, must-see match. It actually just does, like if it was Coda and Omega, we'd be pumped, right? But like throwing Cody in there, I don't know. It just doesn't. It just seems like it's just like okay, he's there to lose, right? That's a, that's 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 all. That's what you know. Unless they do some kind of crazy trick and actually have Ibushi beat Omega in this, that'd be, that'd be interesting. But uh, that'd be shocking. But I don't see that happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so there's another. Uh, wrestling event this weekend and i don't know how big it is necessarily uh or if there's a lot of interest in it i know that you know i'm not super interested in it but uh you know it's wwe network content you know they're doing a humongous show in australia they're probably going to do sixty thousand people which is pretty amazing um one of their biggest you know this is you know from a from a actual fan standpoint i think this would beat the last two wrestlemanias i think if they do put sixty thousand people or if they sell sixty thousand tickets or whatever um but it's a it's a wwe network special but it's on like at like super early in the morning on saturday so uh being that it'll be like sort of a long show plus there's ufc on saturday i really wonder how many people are going to watch this uh, sooner than later, I, I probably will watch some of it at some, you know, at some point on Saturday. But I don't think I'll be able to watch the whole thing. Um, 
What do you think about uh, the whole, you know, even Raw, like poor Raw, like they're just getting killed by Monday Night Football. And then, you know, at the at the, the the end segment of Raw is like Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, which is a match from 1997, uh, you know, in the ring. And like they're building to Shawn and Taker when the match is actually Triple H and Taker, which is kind of interesting. Um, and and uh, and yeah, like they like. Uh, it was in, like it was fun. Like I was like, ah, oh, you know, it's kind of fun to see Shawn Michaels back on TV, and I'm actually looking forward to watch him wrestle. But uh, you know, that's not happening for this show. Uh, and it's just I don't know. It's just it's kind, it's kind of a weird thing that they're doing because they're building for this show. They're building for the Evolution show. Um, they haven't even really talked about Survivor Series yet, but that's coming up in like six weeks. Um, they have that second Saudi Arabia show that's coming up where, you know, uh, whatever, whatever's going on, you know, with that one, um, you know, which obviously Brock Lesnar is going to be on it against Roman Reigns again. Um, and Braun Strowman, I guess is the third guy, but it's just like so weird that they, that they're like sort of building like three shows all at once. And as they're building three shows all at once, it's almost like they're not building any, anything major. Like, it's just a weird thing to watch them try to do yeah yeah it's 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 kind of funky but um i think they're doing a a good job i mean the saudi arabia thing i mean we only if you're on the inside and then you know i think you kind of know what's good coming up right it's going to be sean and triple h and versus kane and the undertaker but like so i don't think the fans really know about that yet like the casual audience doesn't know about that yet so that's fine I think it's interesting. It's just weird seeing them have to pull out the old guard and it's a focus. And I'm not against it. It just seems like all of a sudden it just happens, right? Like, came out of nowhere, boom, all of a sudden we have this issue with Triple H and Undertaker again. (laughs) And it's full bore. And it's kind of of, of weird in that sense to me. It just kind of shows up, and then Sean's back. And, well, well, they booked and, the match before they booked the angle, right? Yeah, yeah. Just all of a sudden, like, boom, we're going to do this one more time again. It's, it's almost like the match that no one, no one wanted. You know, like they didn't need it. They didn't need it, and all of a sudden it's here. And I, I just hope, you know, hope, I hope Undertaker is healthy this time around. The last couple times he's been in there, it's been kind of. Been kind of sad, you know. I don't. I don't like seeing Undertaker like that. I like, you know, it's. I don't. I don't want to see a slow moving Undertaker. Triple H is always good. Yeah, he'll be fine. I mean, he's he's consistent, and and uh, I think they'll have a a good match. I think it'll be some smoke and mirrors if depending on the health of the Undertaker. Um, am I really looking forward to it? No. Will I watch it? Yes, but I think I'll chip away at it yeah, over the me weekend. I'm mean, definitely too. not going to watch it on the. Definitely not going to watch it on the six. It's all about my wife on the six. It's her birthday. Um, unless late at night and I can't sleep, I might sneak in an hour or two and watch. I'm probably going to try to watch the whole show. You know, I'm curious to see some of the matches on there. I mean, I think there'll be good matches though. Like I think the six man shield. Versus Strowman, McIntyre, and Ziggler would be good. Um, you know, I want to see what Ron, Ron is going to do and how that's going to play out. Um, I think uh, Buddy Murphy and Senator Alexander, so Buddy Murphy being in Australia in his hometown, I think he's going to get a great reaction. I mean, he's, 
he's uh, he, he's pretty awesome. I mean, he's definitely one of the you know a lot of people probably not watching two hundred five, and and they're missing this. He's we wasted on two hundred five. He should be on the one of the main rosters and out of that division and and pushed because he's, he's super super talented, you know. And um, I'm looking forward to that match. So yeah, I think it's. It'll be a good show. It's just it's kind of weird. Like it's like I'm just gonna chip away at it. It's not that I'm like I have to watch it. I have to make sure I watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What uh, um, what was I what was I gonna say? Oh, um, so there was a segment on Raw where uh, Elias and Kevin Owens were in the ring, mm-hmm. and Elias makes a crack about Seattle and not having a basketball team. And so the crowd erupted as if this was The Rock and they were Sacramento. And he was talking about they have fat-ass women in the crowd and The Rock's just going to say no. Like, they were like, there was so much heat in that (laughs) building. And I found it so interesting because um, it was almost like, for some people, it was like this... Uh, sign that see all of you guys say that you know this stuff doesn't matter. Look at how look at how mad this crowd was. You know WWE. You say that guys can't get heat. Look at Elias. You know all he had to do was snap his fingers and 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 so you know I commend them. Like it was great. Like it was so fun to watch a crowd that crazy. But at the end of the day, like. You know, it doesn't really mean anything, and you know, maybe maybe they can build upon it at somehow. You know, there there is a match. It's it's Lashley and Cena versus Elias and and Kevin mm-hmm. Owens. But I don't imagine that the heat from Seattle necessarily translates to Australia when no. they're like the fourth match on the card or whatever. But um, but when you saw that, like, what were what were you thinking? Uh, or I'm sure you know, even if you didn't see it live, you saw it because it, it went viral on Twitter and people were you know were were pretty excited about it. Well, when I before I saw it, saw the clip. I didn't watch it live, but I saw the before I watched the clip. I was seeing the feedback on it, and these people were like cracking me up. They're like, "That's real heat." They're finally experiencing real heat, you know. The, and I'm like, "What?" So I watch it, and it's like Elias lucked into some cheap heat, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the fans there, it was not for Elias. It was just a verbal protest for losing their basketball team, yeah. right? And it's just one of those weird things that kind of came together. Now, this could turn into a fact. Maybe it caught on to where now the Lions would do some kind of cheap heat in a different building and the fans would want to keep booing, just yeah. to keep it going, kind of like booing Roman Reigns or the or the what stuff in a way, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that, could, that could happen. And I don't see it happening, but, you know, wrestling's, you know, I could, but I just don't see it lasting too long. Like I said, I think they just lucked into something for a night. But to see the fans talk about heat, it's like once they, once they, once those fans have never seen heat, and we barely really seen it right as much as we watched older stuff. But like feeling live, but there is footage out there. Like just go and watch the handheld versions of those Mid Atlantic shows from like the seventies and eighties, and see how crazy those crowd that crowd is. See. 
old stuff from Texas and how crazy those crowds are. Stuff from Houston. I mean, it, that's some good, real good, good heat. Memphis, Tennessee, the old stuff. Like, this stuff, eh, just cheap heat stuff. And it was a fun little thing, but I don't think it's going to last too long after after this. But, you know, I mean, it's funny because, like, now, like, sometimes WWE, like, will kind of grab on something, right? So yeah. We'll here to see what they're going to do. Do they see Elias? They're already high on him. They already, they already, you know, they think highly of this guy. So I, do they... Now they put him up in a higher on their pecking order now because of this. Um, it was interesting to see Kevin Owens' reaction to this <laughs> because he seemed kind of confused, and it's funny to see. And then even Elias looked confused too. And it's funny to see in this day and age, like that's what that's what you get when guys have scripts, right? And they get thrown, they get thrown a curveball, and they're like, uh oh. And oh. Kevin's one of the top talkers right yeah it just or, or maybe he's not yeah i i thought it was funny because i saw elias's reaction and there was a little bit of a smirk which meant to me that he was like okay this worked out pretty good so he had a little bit of a smirk mm-hmm. and then he winked at somebody so i don't know who he winked at or if it was just like sort of like a nervous thing but he winked like for no reason whatsoever, I, unless it was sort of like a thing to say, yeah, this is fake. I like, I don't know, I don't know why he did it, but it was like a weird wink, like right after the, the crowd started to go crazy. But um, hmm, I wonder, I wonder, I kinda, now, now I kind of want to go back and watch it. Was he weakened down below? Yeah, at yeah, below. I didn't know. I, so I'm I, guessing. I tell. My guess. My guess someone was telling them to stretch it out, don't say anything, let the keep proud food. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it could have been just a signal yeah. that he acknowledged. Yeah, signal, yeah. Um, so I was trying to figure out why the crowd went so crazy because I imagine th- – I mean this is not the first time they've been back to Seattle since the basketball team was taken away from them. I mean that's it's been 10 years, right? It's been – like I think it's been 10 years mm-hmm. um, at least and – WWE has had to come back to this building and do this joke every single time. Like it just seems like that, like that has happened. At, you know, whenever they come back to Seattle, well, at least uh, at least once or twice since since ten years ago, right? They right. Had it in the show before. So, so I was wondering why there was such a a reaction to that. You know, ten years later, and the only thing I could figure out was that. Um, I guess they're going to do some uh they they they're, they're going to rebuild the arena somehow. So I think they're shutting it down for uh the Warriors actually play there on Friday, which is when when most people will listen to this or actually, you know, this it, when it will be up, the show will be up on Friday. Uh and so the Warriors play one game in Seattle and they're in their preseason. And the reason why that's significant is because when Kevin Durant was drafted, he was actually drafted to the Supersonics. And so he played one year as a member of the Seattle Supersonics. Then they got sold, and then they got moved to Oklahoma City. So the Warriors are actually are going to be there. And then I think what they're doing is they're shutting the building down so that they can make some renovations because I believe there's going to be a hockey team in Seattle yeah. that's coming. So... Maybe there's some reaction to the fact that, you know, that there's a little bit of 
buzz around around Seattle again. And and obviously their their long term goal is going to be to get an NBA franchise back again. You know, it's it's a it's a city whose basketball team was was taken away from them uh, unfairly, and and so you know that that's why. But I was just, I just thought it was weird, like ten years, and this and you're still getting this reaction from them ten years later. You must have hit a nerve, and that's that's what I what I could find about about why. So. All right, so um, let's talk about the May Young Classic, which is now in the quarterfinals. Um, I thought uh, I thought this was a pretty good show. Uh, they had a long main event, or you know, long for them. It's only a one hour show, but uh, but I thought most of the matches, uh, you know, were had, had some interest. There was some excitement. Um, the women were definitely, they, they definitely picked up their pace and I thought it was an entertaining, you know, we always say this, you know, we've said this for the last few weeks, which is, this is just an entertaining one hour show, partially because it's one hour and you know, you know, the format four matches, all the matches, you know, are, are, uh, sort of in, in, in the sin, I guess the, the story of a lot of the matches are very similar, um, especially when it comes to Casey Cannizzaro. Uh, but just like just a fun show, um, as we moved to the quarterfinals, uh, did you think that that the that that it got better and you know like we expected? Oh, definitely, definitely. They got a little more time. Uh, just just like as we said before, last vote, first round to set their thing up. The second, in the quarterfinals, that things started picking up, and and it definitely did. I thought this was a really good hour so far. The best show of the tournament. Um, yeah, all the matches I thought were really good. My favorite match probably was the opener with uh, Tony Storm. That 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 match and uh, and also Ripley and uh, Casey. Those two matches were my favorite. Okay, so this this really is this story. is really interesting because they tried to sell the main event. Mm-hmm. as like the match of the tournament so far. And I watched it yeah. and thought it was good. Like not that it was great, but that it was a good match, but I didn't think it was my favorite match of the tournament. So it's interesting for you to say that, you know, basically the same thing. Um it was longer, it was given the main event spot. You had uh, Satomura, uh, who is, you know, obviously who's there to have great matches in this tournament against Mercedes Martinez, who's, you know, a vet herself. I guess my this is probably mostly just me. Um, I find Mercedes Martinez's energy and her facials and her aggression and her frustration to be so over the top throughout the entire match. Like, I wish she would just tone it down a little bit because it would feel a little bit more realistic. But I just found that she was so dialed up to like 11 that it came off uh, as a little bit too much for me um, and kind of overshadowed the match in in some senses because I thought the match was solid and, and the match was there for, you know, Sadamur is going to win and she's going to advance and then she's going to have another good match with, you know, in the next round. But I I just, it was almost like, I don't know if it was like one of those things where, 
you know, Martinez knows that she really does need to shine in this match because she knows she's losing, but also like this is a good exposure for her. So she's like bringing her a game and she really wants to stand out. But I thought it was like a little, little too much, but you know, I, that, that could just be me. And I may just have this issue with, uh, with her style. Yeah. I mean, I thought the match was, it was, it was, it was good. I just didn't wasn't invested in the story as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was early, I got the matches earlier. Just I those, those stories captured me more. Um, I just matches went as I expected it. A lot of big moves. Um, uh, a lot of back and forth. Strong style, you know, type match. Um, so I'm more really good. I I I really like watching her wrestle. Mercedes is solid. I just don't. I just there's nothing that connects me with her. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, and I think that's what uh, kind of holds me back when it comes to her. I, but I think she's really good, and I just don't like nothing like her story really connects me. And 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 it kind of went the way I thought it like it was gonna go. And I did like the finish; I thought that was cool. But uh, like I, I was really, I was really into the earlier matches, especially the the first, the first two with uh, Tony Storm and uh, Miyamoto and. Um, and uh, and uh, Casey and Rhea for sure. So let's talk about the Tony Storm match. It did open the show. She had a big pop coming out. Um, I mean, <laughs> I watch her and I just think like, why is she not like on SmackDown or Raw right now? Because <laughs> she has everything, and I know she's young, yeah. and I know that you know maybe that lifestyle or that that you know whatever that is right now might not be the best for her you know because she is so young but man like she just everything about her just explodes off of the tv and i just i i really enjoy her uh and and i thought you know even though we we talked about the last time that uh the one of the last shows where matsumoto faced evers like i was like invest i, I so wanted evers to win but it's so it was such smart booking to have matsumoto win because matsumoto could play the bigger wrestler to tony you know tony's a little a little small um you know she's like the she's the godzilla and and she's very ferocious, but she's also very athletic. So I thought the the style of the women was really good because you were going to have uh, a David and Goliath story in in the first and second match, and you so you couldn't exactly tell that story in this match. Uh, but still, you know, I thought Matsumoto was was really good as like the 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 big aggressor, you know, the big athletic aggressor. And Tony had to, you know, use her athleticism and her wit and 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 you know some some savviness to to actually win the match. Yeah, yeah, no, and plus these two work together a lot, so they never had that chemistry, and they showed it in this match too. And I love the finish, the roll up. I thought was perfect. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, Matsumoto just dominating the match and Tony Keaton fighting back, fighting back. I think Tony has my favorite German suplex going in the day. Like she just snaps that thing off. It just looks so pretty. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was like, it's like, it was really good. I, I have nothing to complain about this match at all. And like, you're, you're right. Tony should be on the main roster. <laughs> and I know she's, she's just a rock star and she has it all. She comes out, she connects right away. And, I don't know. I don't know why they don't do it right now, but I mean, I know they have time, and there's a lot of girls, and and it's just like, it's like it needs to be sooner than later for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, and so, you know, like I said, the Rhea Ripley and, and Casey Cannizzaro match was a David versus Goliath, but it was the same story as her match, uh, uh, Cannizzaro's mm-hmm. match the, in the first time against Randy Gonzalez. Uh, same story, but I like there's like Ripley is such a uh, she plays that badass so well. And, you know, if you look, just look at, you know, from year to year, her mm-hmm. her transition and and how good she's gotten over in that year you know even the wrestling stuff whatever but just the character the aggression uh you know even i think will uh, D- uh heartbreak kid dave rubio tweeted out something where he shared with us about you know will osprey talking about her being such a great base for canizaro um and and like you know it was it was a it was really solid and and I think uh, I think people are into Canizaro, especially you know her style. She was like a female. Uh, I think at least at least what she was trying to do is there's some like female Rey Mysterio stuff in there. Michael Cole might have even said that. Uh, but then you know Rhea Ripley's like, okay, like you know you've been doing this this stuff, but now you know the bigger the bigger person's going to win here. And I just I just liked I just liked the way that they did that. Yeah, I mean Rhea, she has it all. She she's definitely kind of within a year her character development and how she's taken to this character and, and running with it. I mean, she, she's such a natural badass, and I just thought she'd be like a natural babyface. But gosh, man, she's really taken to this character. I love it, and this match was good. And and um, that Casey's just a she's a truly natural babyface. I mean, you're definitely gonna root for her, and I think she's gonna be a, a big time star. My favorite part of the match was actually the botch, which is actually Casey went for that springboard where she springs over the top rope, lands on the middle rope, and does a drop kick. Mm-hmm. I was so impressed by how Rhea just automatically jumped on her and without hesitation. Like, that's that's way beyond her, her experience level yeah, to do yeah. that. Now, that was really, really damn impressive. Normally... A lot of deer in the headlights. There's some hesitation with a lot of young wrestlers, right? But nope, she was just like right away, boom, boop. Uh, overhand forearm, you know, right away, took a, got on top of her, and then they went right back to it. Now, I wouldn't recommend going right back to it because that's kind of like a red flag, but for a botch, but, you know, other than that, though, like, I just, I was impressed with how she reacted to it. That, that, that really, really, really said a lot about her. And, I just like her finish. I like this whole package. And I'm just like, a, I'm a huge, I'm already a huge Ray Ripley fan at the last term. And now I'm just like, all, I'm all in on Ray Ripley. And, and like I said, like I said, the WWE Women's Division is, is pretty freaking awesome. You know, you throw in like the Tony Storm, Bianca Blair, Casey, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Sky, I mean, they, they have a kick ass division. They really take this thing seriously, you know? Well, Tony Storm, twenty-two; Rhea Ripley, twenty-one. Like, talk about yeah, yeah. talk about the years ahead that these women have on, for them. And so, let's hope let's hope they don't get injured. That's, you know, and Tony Storm has a lot of years of some hard wrestling too. So let's hope they can skim her back a little bit and keep her healthy too. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, Lacey Lane um, beats mm. uh, Tynara Conti. Um, you know, I, I thought the, 
I thought I thought Conti, you know, I kind of gave her a little bit of crap for being such a such the heel and then crying when when she won her last match. I did think she was going a little bit overboard with with that, uh, with the you know the, just the facials and and the craziness. But um, I mean, to to some extent, especially when she's has a baby face uh, like Lane uh, with her, it, it's it's pretty effective. But uh, this match was not that long, and you know I didn't you know I didn't find it all that interesting. But uh, you know it looks like they they think they have something with Lane as at least as far as. Uh, as making it this far is concerned because she won another match. Um, she won with the crucifix bomb, and uh, yeah, it was kind of like in and out. Like I guess, yeah, I don't know how much of this match was edited down, but they definitely uh, wanted to have some time for that main event. So this match was not that long. Yeah, and it could have been edited, but I think it's a good time between those two, especially the experience level. Um, I think I was kind of shocked by the result, but then I put it all together, especially after Michael Cole's commentary, like this, this is the underdog story of the yeah, tournament yep. is going to be Lucy Lane. So, um, I see that's why they did that. But cause I was trying, kind of shocked that content didn't go over there and yeah, it was fine. It was a fine match. I thought they did really well for the time they had. Um, it definitely was probably the weakest of the show, but that's not their fault. You know, they're, they're definitely in some t- tough conversation within that hour of the matches they had on tap. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's Lane is, she's pretty impressive. She's a really good athlete. I just got, I wish she just cut that hair. It's just so distracting for me. Well, both, um, both of them, both of them were like having troubles with the hair getting in their face and having to move it out of yeah. the way. Well, that's WWE's extension city. Yeah. Um, and also, what's with all these women, the heels, licking their teeth? Have <laughs> you noticed that? Like, Rhea did it. Conti does it. And, and uh, I was just watching, uh, you're going to laugh, but I was just watching uh, Impact, and I think Tessa Blanchard did it. So I don't know what's going on here. I like the uh, the memos out, like, you're a heel woman, you got to lick your teeth. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's sinister. I don't know. It's just, it seems kind of interesting to me. Um, so I'm trying to find a bracket, but I can't, for whatever reason, I don't know why WWE doesn't publish, um, doesn't publish the, the, the bracket. Okay. I think I found one. Okay. So next week, I believe we get a uh, Tegan Knox and Nicole Matthews. We get, uh, Io Shirai. And that woman's name that we can't pronounce, that looks like Zeus. Um, And then we get Deanna Perrazzo again. Who won between Karen Q and Zia Lai? I think it was Karen. Didn't Karen Q win that match? No. Zia Lai won that match? Okay. So we get that match. And then the fourth match is... uh, uh, Caitlin against Mia Kim. So those will be the four matches that we get to see next week, and that will lead into the semifinals. So, uh, yeah, I, I you know I really dig you know you know what I was thinking about was what happens when this tournament is over. Like, what are we gonna what what show are we gonna review every week? Yeah, we'll have to maybe do NXT so we can keep up with it. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> that's that's a good idea. Um, yeah. All right, so last two segments of the show, I teased them early on. 
we got what's John watching, and then we'll follow up with the kids' update. But first, John, what are you watching? Uh, it's getting kind of slim pickings this, uh, this last week with uh, some of the tours being you know, off on the, the Japanese wrestling that I watched. But I did see the All Japan show from October 3rd. I just watched the last three matches. The first first couple of matches I knew were just going to be just kind of house show comedy stuff, and I, I, the results didn't really matter. But I decided to tune in the last three, and they're really really good, especially the semi main event between uh, uh, so Namura and Joe Doring, which was a freaking hell of a match. Like all of a sudden, like four and a quarter star match like happened, and it was just like just perfect. Chemistry and the match, you know, Joe. Not, not, excuse me, that wasn't Joe Doring. What am I thinking? It's Dylan James, who was the former James Ray Dean in Zero One. He's a huge jacked up guy, Like he's pretty good. The only negative, like he's just, just not a good promo. Like I have, he it just doesn't have that personality. But he for Japan though, it works. He plays the monster well. And Amora is a big kid, uh, really getting a stride. Uh, definitely a future main eventer, and I think that match a few weeks ago with Zeus in the main event at Corker Hall, I, the crowd seemed to tr- carry over, and they were even hotter for him. So I think that really worked out for him. And uh, they were just on everything worked, everything was clean. I just enjoyed that match a lot. Um, other than that, I watched. Well, I watched Impact Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I've been t- I've been tuning in here and there. Just when I have nothing else to watch, I kind of just go to my DVR, or not DVR, but I go to like the you know on demand feature on my on my cable. And for some reason, it's funny because like on demand pop is in HD, but like watch it live, it's not in HD. Oh god, <laughs> which is weird, right? And then so. So it pops on like one of the, the lower channels, so it's not a standard de- de- definition channels where, you know, for some reason on demand HD. And honestly, I've been I've been enjoying it. It's it's not it's not a hard watch. It's nothing that's really offensive. It's good wrestling. To then it's not everything's not good. It, it, there's some stuff that's kind of like eh, um, but you know for the most part it's a pretty easy watch. I do find it. I do find it interesting, though. I feel like Impact's wrestling, it just looks... The style looks so fake to me. Mm-hmm. It looks like... It look, just just completely looks like they went over this match like a hundred times. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it felt like. I just watched a recent match today. On, actually, tonight I was just throwing it on after... And I watched a match at LAX, a new LAX, versus these two guys from... Uh, Canada, who they're Middle Eastern, or and it's just like this match was horrible. Like it just sucked. Like I was like, and it kept going and going. I'm like, they should have edited this one down, <laughs> jeez, or or send it out there again and redo it because it just was bad. But for the most part, though, everything else is you know they have Ray Phoenix and they have Pentagon and Brian Cage is good and and you know Sammy Callahan, you know. I kind of like his personality, you know. He's like he's got a lot of heat. He gets a lot of heat for being dangerous and stuff, and things have happened. But like as a personality, as a loose cannon character, like I don't think there's anyone that's more believable in wrestling right now than mm-hmm. him. 
he just seemed like he's unhinged and, and ready to explode. And and the production is is, is good. And they have some cool things they do. He's, you know, I think that's kind of standing out. But of course, they have a long, long hill to climb. You know, to be a successful company, profitable company in. But I think Don Callis and Scott D. Moore are doing the best they can. And yeah, I highly recommend people to give it a shot again and, and support these guys and gals. And like, they're trying hard with the limited roster they have. And, yeah. And I hope, hope they can turn around because, like, like I said, it's, we need it to turn around because it's another place for a lot of people to work. So, How, how would you compare your enjoyment to ROH? Hmm. Gosh. It's a tough one. I would say it's about similar. Like the matches feel, well, I think there might be a little higher quality matches in ROH, definitely. Um, I probably enjoy it a little bit more ROH. Just def- definitely not at Jeff's there, you know. Mm-hmm. Definitely have more investment in it. But uh, for, for, for just like an easy watch, it's, it's fine. There's, like I said, there's some cool characters and, you know, Evan Bourne's, Matt Seidel, whatever it is, has a weird, like, character where he's a heel. He talks about his third eye and he kind of meditates. That's kind of <laughs> cool. Um, it's, 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 it's interesting. And it's, it's the only thing I didn't like a couple weeks ago, it was supposed to be a match between Rich Swan and Matt Seidel. But all of a sudden, Matt Seidel got it and then switched the match to where he's teaming with Swan versus Pentagon of Phoenix. And I'm pretty sure Swan in his promo said, but we already planned out the match. (laughs) 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 Ah, Shit like that just pisses me off. But, and this tape I'm watching now is from the Mexico taping. So the crowd's bigger and a little hotter. Yeah. A little hotter. They're not hot for everything, but it's, and they're kind of mixing in the Lucha stuff. So it's, it's, it's cool. And Tessa, then Tessa Blanchard's really entertaining. She's, she's, she's really good and really good heel and, and personality I, I like her a lot I like watching her wrestle she she definitely comes across as like maybe the most important person to watch on that show just because she she stands out so much from the other women um, and uh, yeah she, she you know she she did a I, I see bits and pieces of this stuff but she did a promo where she was kind of sitting by herself. Did you see this promo? It might have been not this week, but it might have been last week's show where she's kind of just like sitting in a room by herself and she's cutting a promo. Um, and I thought, I was like, wow, you know, not to say that the promo was the greatest promo I ever saw, but just like her, um, I think she connected. I think she had poise. She was trying to project as much as she could that she was special and that like she's a star right now. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can compare it with other stuff and, and maybe you like the verbiage and, and some stuff better, but I, I was really impressed because, you know, it's rare that even someone in WWE, you know, Charlotte will get a chance to talk. Sometimes Becky will get a chance to talk sometimes, but it's usually, you know, to set, you know, a, a couple of words here and there to set something else up. But she was like in a room by herself talking for a couple minutes. And I thought, I, yeah, I thought, wow, you know, she really projected as a star really well. Yeah, no, she's a good, she's a good promo. She, she is a star. Like she, she definitely feel like she's of all the people on the roster. I think she's definitely the, she feels like the biggest star, you know, there. I mean, I know it's kind of hard to 
shotgun stadium together and have like Phoenix and stuff. And they're they're good wrestlers, but I'm talking about personality that people are going to connect to. I think Tesla is probably ahead of a lot of people. I mean, you know, they got Austin Aries is a big personality, and uh, you know, but I think Tesla is definitely. But they didn't even build put her with people. They're running out. They don't have that much. Now they're down to the biggest roster in the world. Yeah, and they're the big master building out too. Now is uh, at Bound for Glory in a couple of weeks. It's going to be here. Her and Taya, which is like their biggest women's match, right? Yeah. So it's interesting to see what happens in that match. You know, I might, I've been watching weekly lately. I might even, I might even go to Big Days and watch the pay per view. <laughs> nice. And he, and he'll be happy for it because he's like, no one's ever watched Impact Show in probably <laughs> six years over there. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Actually. Um, all right, so uh, so uh, we, we we tease this in the beginning, you know, where we we kind of have a story about our kids or something funny or something cute, and so I'll start with mine. Now, you know, my kids are old, <laughs> like I like I like I've mentioned, you know, one's a high school senior, one's a, a college sophomore, so you know they're they're not really doing cute stuff like like your daughter. Uh, uh, Chloe or your son Hunter, you know that's that's they're living in cute right now. I see the the videos that mm-hmm. you and your wife put up and stuff. I mean, they're that's it's fun being able to see that stuff. But when kids are sort of like high school and and you know early college, you know, sort of the late teens, they are uh, they're sort of like half adults and still half teenagers. And so they, they, they like do some smart stuff, but they still do stupid shit all the time. Um, yeah. and, and it's kind of funny to, to see them grow. Cause I don't feel like it's been that long. Like, like, you know, uh, I'm 42 and you know, my oldest is 19. I don't feel like it's been that long since I was 19. Like I remember sophomore <laughs> year in college, like it's not that long ago. Um, and, and so, you know, just seeing him go through the stuff, uh, like, like he sent, he sent me a photo today cause he, he lives in a dorm with his friends and, um, actually, no, they're actually out of the dorms. They're in a, they're in their own apartment. There's like four dudes in an apartment and, uh, and he sends us this photo, me and his mom and, and his brother, and he's like, what do you think? Pretty healthy, huh? And it was like a plate of food. It was uh, scrambled eggs and salmon. And I was like, you know what? For college, like, you know, apartment kids, that's actually not too bad. Like, it's not top ramen, right? It's not, it's not couple yeah, noodles. Say, yeah, where's the top, where's the top, where's the top ramen at? So, so I, I was, I was happy with that. I was like, you know what? Now, you know, that there's some protein there. Now go hit the weights or go run around and play basketball or something. But uh, it's not my, – my update is not really about him. It's about my youngest who is a high school senior. And I, I mentioned early that, you know, this sort of related to the UFC show. So uh, we were hanging out. We saw the movie Night School with, uh, with uh, Kevin Hart. And um, – you know, it's a goofy Kevin Hart movie, which, you know, plays perfectly for the 18-year-old demographic. And uh, and so after, you know, the movie, I was like, hey, so I know you have the homecoming dance coming up this weekend. I'm like, so what's going on? Are you going to homecoming dance? And he's like, eh, I don't think so. And I was like, why? What's going on? He's like, Connor. 
I was like, Connor? I was like, I was like, <laughs> like you can watch the Connor McGregor fight like after the dance. Like you don't have to watch it live. And so he was, you know, he's 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 a big Connor fan. Like like he Connor is the reason why he got into MMA. And so he feels a little like, you know, it's almost like Connor has become must-see TV. And it's like that one moment, mm-hmm. you know, where it's it's an, it's a really event, event-based event thing. And, and you kind of got to be there. You got to watch it. And look, he go, he also goes to a private Christian school. So, I, I you know, I, I, he's probably not lying when he says, you know, the dances are kind of whack at, at, at the, the private Christian school. So, you know, even though I want him to go to the dance because I just think it's good being social, you know, it's kind of kind of proud it's like okay like i get it like you know connor's a pretty big deal and i'm glad that you're interested in this sport um and and what's also funny is the other one is 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 interested in pro wrestling he went to go see dave dutra wrestle in tucson like three weeks ago (laughs) so uh so both of them at least have a little bit of a little bit of connection to to this crazy business so uh, okay you're, you're you're up well, I want to comment on JJ. I think JJ needs to go to the homecoming dance for sure. So I told. Is you. it co-ed? At the yeah, school, absolutely. It... Okay. My advice, JJ, if you're listening, I know, I know, Connor. I mean, I'm I'm missing it, but I got my wife's <laughs> wedding and I'll be my wife's birthday and I'll be I'll be killed. But, <laughs> but you know, like I, I kind of like for me personally, like I I didn't go to a lot of the dances. I was kind of in my bubble, my shy bubble then. I went to a few, but not all, and I wish I went to all of them, looking back now. But my advice is go, have fun, because those dances, you know, big fights will happen in the future, and those dances are, aren't going to happen. You know, they're, they're you know, you're in your last year, every senior year, enjoy every moment of it, and ask a girl, ask one of those diamond and rust out. <laughs> Trust me. Now, if we can go back, right, right Garrett? Uh-huh. We knew what we knew now. Uh-huh. You gotta you gotta look out for the diamonds and rust. I'm telling you, that's that's the key. That's the key. <laughs> I don't I don't I, I don't know if they want to be known as diamonds in the rough though. Like oh yeah, you know, but you know, I, 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 I'm 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 really interested. I, I think you're really cool. Plus, you know, my dad's friend said you know diamonds in the rough or are, are the ones that go after hey, i don't know if like that's like that's like the move the hookup line so just to be well, fair you don't say that you don't say that line but you know you look you look at the the there's the hot friend there's a hot girl and then she has some cute friends and sometimes those cute friends are just more are really in the long term better than the hot friends you know yeah no I agree. that's all i'm saying i agree um so uh yeah so just He's been to many dances. He 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 will go to the dances. I think he's. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? It could be. Maybe 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 the girl he wants to go with is going with somebody else. That could also be it. And he's just not telling pops that. So we'll we'll see. But I, uh, I, I'm kind of hoping. I'm, I'm hoping that he does decide. Like you know, he gets a little bit of uh, of someone talking to him, saying hey, you know, let's all go, and that, that they actually do go because I think that's important. But you know, I get it. You know, sort of. You know, I, I, I'm sure back in the day, you know, when uh, when a big wrestling pay per view happened, I was like, uh, you know, if I, I don't have to go out tonight because at least I get to see, you know, Hogan drop the leg on somebody. <laughs> uh, so my story, my story, my kid's story. Well, the kids are good. Everyone's uh, Chloe's fully potty trained now, so that's awesome. I think I told that last time. So she's doing great. 
I mean, amazingly so. Like, she doesn't have any accidents at night. She wow. Up, use the restroom. That's amazing. Yeah, no, she she's awesome. Uh, we've even gone out. Like, I remember, like, you know, the first times you actually go out to, like, a restaurant, and you're like, okay, how's this going to work? Is she going to, like, she's going to rush to the bathroom, but... Either she holds it or she doesn't tell us, she's, and she's, she gets home, she goes right away, she goes right to the bathroom. So that's, that's pretty impressive. Hunter's getting stronger. He's four months. He's 20 pounds. He's a tank. Um, he's starting to do the thing where you put him on your lap and he starts posting up his feet. Mm-hmm. So he like stands up. It's like, all right. <laughs> and then and then down, right? Yeah. And he gets so excited when he gets up there. He's like, yeah. And then down. It's it's so that's that's really cool to see. But Chloe, just tonight, oh my goodness! Like trying to get her to go to bed. Now she now she, you know they, they, you know when they're little they have all these different things they do to to prolong them going to bed, right? Yep. Well, Chloe, she'll go. She'll just a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where she learned that. She's like, just a little longer. <laughs> okay, I told her. I told her, Chloe. Okay. Ten more minutes. I held my finger though. Five, ten fingers out. I go. Ten more minutes. After ten minutes, I'm gonna say time is up. You give me the iPad or brush teeth. And I and she's like, okay, Daddy. I'm all the seal the kiss. So she gives me a kiss. Ten minutes up. Chloe. Time's up. A little longer. <laughs> I'm just like, what? <laughs> we sealed it. We have a contract. And she's like. And, you know, she's just like, she's like, a little longer, Daddy, please. I'm like, no, no, we have to go. Brush your teeth. Got to get ready for bed. And, like, all of a sudden, my three-year-old became a 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. She took their iPad. She didn't really throw it far. She just kind of, like, threw this side, like, <sighs> and just stomps onto the, to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, my God, this girl's only three, and she's doing that. What happened to my girl? Like, okay, daddy, let's go. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then you get in her room after you brush her teeth and wash her face. She gets in the room and all of a sudden the second energy comes. She wants to do what she runs around in circles, jump on the bed. It's like, oh my God. And it's kind of like, just get to bed, kid. Like, yeah. don't you understand how important sleep's going to be in the future? You're going to love this. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's what's going on. Nighttime has been fun. It's always an adventure to get Chloe to bed. Of course, I had to tell her my story, and I created my own story. So I had to tell her that. And Katrina, my wife, has to say the, has to say her story. And then we all have to – but then we go, okay, good night, Chloe. So we turn the lights off. She goes, what, kisses? No. <laughs> so then, no, she just rolls over, right? Like doesn't want, and Then we go out. Close the door. Within three seconds, she's crying for us to go back in. Mm-hmm. It's like a chamber, right? It's like mm-hmm. then we go in, and it's like it's it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. So just to get this girl to go to bed, it's, it's I don't know. I just I don't, it's it just cracks me up every time. Like after the fact, but the, before you're like frustrated as hell, right? You're like I want to just relax, you know. And so does does she bed. does she go to sleep by herself? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you just put her in there. That you just put is her in there awesome. And then, and she's usually overly tired, right? Like she yeah. doesn't know it. Like she, and and then once she sits there, she lays there, and then she just falls asleep within a few minutes because she's really tired. Once she once the lights are on, she starts calming down. She's out. 
Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, that's, that's amazing because, you know, we, we kind of did it a little bit incorrectly with, uh, with the first child where he did, he would not go down very easily by himself. So he'd kind of lay with him. But the second kid, it was like, you know what, no matter what you are going to bed by yourself. We did this with the first child and it took years off of our life. And now you're going to bed by yourself. And so we, yeah, we, we got lucky with Chloe. Like, we first put her in the crib in the in her own room. We're like, okay, this is gonna be hell, right? And then like, you know, she got up a few times at night, cried, and Trina would go in there and calm her down, put her back in the crib. But like that only lasted like a week or two. And then she was like sleeping off through the night. And so she was really good at that, sleep through the night and not waking up. But I I feel like she doesn't wake up now because I'm talking on the phone loud. <laughs> <So bad. laughs> Daddy, what's up? Watch TV. No. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Um, I love, I love, I love hearing it. You know, it, like I said, I wasn't. Th- I'm not that far away from from those days, though. It 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 may seem like it. Um, so so yeah. So so that's it. So we will be back uh, next week. I know you may be traveling, but we'll figure out a time to to do this as long as the cell phone works and, and all that stuff. And, and, uh, yeah, so the, the one thing, um, so, you know, connected to the kid update, I will play out on our outro. My kid is, uh, he does a lot, he does a lot of stuff in music. So he, he put a new song out there. So I'll play that for, for folks. He learned how to layer tracks and, and created, you know, a few different vocal tracks. So it's pretty cool. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to note is I believe I'm going to be on um, Josh Nason's podcast this weekend. Maybe even while you hear this, it may already be up on the Observer site. I'm not actually sure when it when it goes up, but uh, Josh Nason's, uh, I believe it's Josh Nason, the JNPO Josh Nason's Punch Out um and we'll talk we're going to talk uh, the the Connor fight and and you know just sort of doing audio for the observer and stuff like that so uh I will probably link to that on all of our social media so fi- uh, facebook.com/fightgameblog same with twitter twitter.com/fightgameblog same with instagram and uh, and so I'll probably as long as things are, are are scheduled, I am supposed to be on that show at some point pretty soon. So heads up about that. Um, yeah, so I think that's it, man. Uh, we will uh, we will chat again next week. So <clears throat> for John Laraca, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Yay! Now it's over. Over before it begun Need you whenever I'm wrong Thought you were the one hey. Now it's all I gotta know if you with it You I keep on switching know. sides I don't want this to finish what I don't have to sacrifice So you know I'm committed I'm fucking terrified I gotta know if you with it I sometimes think that you don't care I want you to myself I don't want nothing else I don't think you can tell it's over Over before it be done 
It's over. 